The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a great show for you today. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got two great guests, but before we talk about those, let's say hi to everybody. Starting off with our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, everyone. Oh, it's going to be a weird show. We have a witch on. Ooh. She's going to do spells on everyone out there. She's going to make you all intelligent. She's going to make you all dress well. She's going to make you all have hair combs and proper makeup. And gentlemen, get rid of those beards and no ripped ripped jeans and no spears and no tattoos. Everybody's going to look clean cut and beautiful. That's what Witchy Poo said. Not really. I'm saying that. So anyway. what's up, chat room? We got a lot of people in the chat I'm not room. I'm finished, Maladukata. It doesn't matter. Like, we have to say hi to everybody, rudeness, then you talk. Rudeness, rudeness. Say hi to everybody, interrupting and then you talk, which, rudeness, by the way, they love our shirts. Thank you, everybody. Interrupting rudeness. Actually, my shirt's a Jimmy Star shirt. And, uh, and my shirt's far more important. And uh, we're going to talk about Because you can't it. see it because the, the, the thing is across it and the freaking dog is on me. Astro, go over there. Come I'm, here, I'm wearing a pool cover-up. That my daughters gave me maybe 35 years ago, 40 years ago. They were young girls. Deirdre, uh, Leslie was maybe 15 and Deirdre was like eight. Astro, come on. You're blowing my whole thing. Get him over there. Uh, buttons. They gave me, I, I will never get rid of this cover up. I, I found, you know, I'm doing my closets. So I've been taking clothes out and I found this all the way in the back of my closet. To me, it's the most important piece of goods I own. And the buttons read, Jimmy, read my buttons. They say, have a heart. They have say, have a heart was my organization that I founded for AIDS research. Palm Springs, the pet project, number one pet dad. Pet project I did in Florida to raise money to save pets. Uh, number one dad, my dad's the greatest, animals in danger, great dad, and have a heart, which was your charity. Right. And there were many more buttons on it, but I couldn't wear it because it fell off my shoulder from the weight of the buttons. But isn't that wonderful? What kind of memories to have? And my little kids were so happy to give this to me and said, oh, daddy, you're going to love it. Like they were teasing me before I opened the present. They said, oh, when you open it, you're going to love it. You're going to want to wear it forever. And you know what? They were right because I am wearing it. And it's almost forever because it's a, this was like the time of Jabot clothing. And the, the who's 80s. The, who, who's the guy? Who's the label in this thing? Uh, mix. In the mix. In the mix. In I the, used to have all kinds of in stuff. In the mix them. was very big back in the 80s. So, you know, <clears throat> there are things far more important than Dolce and Gabbana or Gucci. 
there are things like this that really matter. When the love is given to you eternally, it's just heavenly. Anyway, I'm going to show you a watch real quick. Oh, my uh, uh, 40s. It's yellow and black because I'm wearing yellow and black. And it's waterproof. And I intend to jump in the pool right after the show. So I will be wearing this watch. They say our hairdos are sexy. Our hairdos. Yeah, I cut all my hair off for the movie I just did because my producer said, Ron, could you look like a grandfather and not like a young guy? Which I thought was a nice way to schmooze me into the film. But he meant it. He didn't want me to go there wearing my, I guess, young clothes or looking too young. Meanwhile, the gal that played my wife came in like a tomato. I mean, she had blonde hair with false eyelashes, heavy eye makeup, a mini dress, uh, g glittering high heels. So, I mean, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But anyway, I cut my hair. It's summertime. It's too hot. And I go to the pool every day. You know, I swim. So I don't want to uh, have hair all over. There you go. So what's up, chat room? Don Hinton is in the chat room. Teresa Saban from hey, Florida. Guys. Don Hinton's from Bakersfield. Uh, B. Claudia is in the chat room hey. from Germany. And uh, the chat room is filling up. We got a fun show, you guys. Today we have Patty Negri coming on. Uh, we actually met her years ago at an InfoList red carpet event. And then we re- uh, re-met her again when we were at the Rhonda Swan party that we've gotten on so many great guests from. Um, and I love her. She's one. So she's a lot of fun. She is one outrageous lady. Let me tell you, she is so fab, fabulous. She's just wild looking. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going through desert dust. You know, they call it Las Vegas dust, but here it's Palm Springs dust. The sand gets to be very fine. It's almost like invisible and it gets in your nose and then it goes to your throat, and it goes in your sinuses, and it causes an infection. Uh, it's just desert sand. Anyway, getting back Our to... second guest is... We're getting be. back to the witch. I haven't finished. I cannot wait, because in her book, which is a wonderful book of which we will talk about, she tells you how to lose weight magically. That's for me. There's a fly here. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill myself. I can't myself. believe the flies I hate flies. How flies get in the house, I'll never know. I hate flies. It's on your mic now. It's going to go in your mouth. No, it's not going in my mouth. It's going to go in your mouth. It's going to go right in your open. Very picky. It's going to go right in your mouth. <laughs> so anyway. If it smells your breath, it'll think somebody di something died in your mouth. It'll go right in your it's mouth. It's on your hand. <laughs> Anyway, you guys, we also have actor, actor, producer, and director Adrian Zemed coming on. You guys remember him. He was the star of Grease 2, and uh, he was also one of the stars of that TV hit uh, t TV hit show, TJ Hooker, and he's been in, like, everything possible. He's freaking awesome, and he's also a big Broadway actor. Um, yep. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think we're going to enjoy it. Um, and then what did we do this weekend? Did we do anything interesting to tell people about? Yeah, we went. Oh, we went to see Santa, Long. We went, Jimmy had a business deal in Santa Barbara, a big luncheon with some very VIP people. So we drove up to Santa Barbara, and I called Susie Wong, my buddy, and I said, "We're we're coming for coffee." And I went to Starbucks, and I got I got um, croissants, and we went to her Malibu house, and we had coffee. We visited with Susie, which was fun. And then we continued on to Santa Barbara, which is a disgrace, because Santa Barbara was one of the most beautiful cities in all of California. And now, unfortunately, the homeless have taken over State Street. It's dirty. <clears throat> uh, the, the class of people has changed. It's no longer the promenade for movie stars and very wealthy people. Sort of everybody hangs out now in Montecito, which is still old school looking. But 
the world is changing and I think people should not destroy what we had all those years that we built. Please respect what you what you have, what you've come into. We welcome everybody in this country, no matter who you are, but respect it when you come in. Please don't make it your country because your country was a third world country. We are not a third world country and we don't want our country to look like a third world country. So please uh, assimilate. You know, you're in America, be an American and be be proud Absolutely. and keep it clean and, and no more throwing food on the floor or garbage, garbage all over. It's just Pick terrible. Up dog shit when you're done. Oops. It's really terrible it. what's happening in this country. I'm not blaming the foreigners now. I'm blaming everybody, whoever's doing it. I'm not blaming one specific uh, group of people. It just seems to me that years ago, we were taught curb your dog or, you know, our parents told us do not throw gum wrappers on the street. Uh, we were taught to keep our cities clean. Also because of rat infestation, you know, living in New York City or Brooklyn, there were a lot of rats. And if you left food on the street, the rats would eat it and it would only encourage rats to come out of their uh, sewers, you know, and we didn't care for that. That's right. So, Although Su Wong would have liked that because when she was a young girl, her grandmother killed and cooked rat because they were so poor. So Su Wong would have had a ball, a, a buffet. Actually, I, like B. Claudia says, you get fined if you don't pick up your garbage there. Where? In Germany. Oh, in Ger yeah, New York used to be that way. It said, do not litter. We had litter baskets all over. And if you were caught littering, you got a fine. <clears throat> now, my poor New York. The new mayor said... I am going to clean up this city. There will be no longer any violence. Not even 60 minutes later, there were eight shootings and 14 stabbings in New York City. What in the hell is going on? Absolutely. So anyway, we have a fun show. We want to yeah. thank everybody who's been leaving all the uh, reviews for us on iTunes and, mm -hmm. and listening to us on iTunes. I just updated a bunch of shows on YouTube and we put up the Donna Mills show and the just, Eric Goka show. Up Donna Mills. It's a and, good show, uh, by the way. Eric Goka show and Stefano's show. Uh, I don't know. We just put up a bunch and I have a bunch more I'm working on. I was just behind, but now we're working on it. So we go up, see the Donna Mills show and you're going to faint. She's 80. How, how old is she? 82? 81. Eight, she's 81 years old. God, she looks 35 or 40. Whatever that woman's doing, we must know the secret. Oh, we also put the Rhonda Swan show up. And the Rhonda Swan show. We have some really good. Yes, yeah, so we had some good shows. Very, up. very different than anybody else's interview. Well, all of our interviews are different than anybody's interview. I guess that's why we're the number one interview show. On on what are we what are we on a web oh, a, a web show iTunes is Apple Podcasts also uh, just so you know Don and right. uh, we want to thank everybody too uh, for all of that you can listen to the show we're on iHeartRadio Apple Podcasts iTunes Spotify Amazon Music YouTube Google Podcasts Radio Public TuneIn Pandora SoundCloud and Amazon Prime we're on about 140 other platforms but I just picked out the biggest ones um, so please. You know, check us out. You can listen to us. The only place to watch the video is on YouTube. And uh, and like I said, I've been updating them so you can see all the shows. Unless you on watch YouTube. us live. Um, yes, unless you watch us live on our home station, W4CY. And you can get us on your cell phone. So if you're out somewhere, just pop into your cell phone and you can pick up our show right now and see it live. Absolutely. So, you know, we don't edit anything out, so you're not going to miss out. If you see it on YouTube, it's exactly as it was shown live. Right. So I don't want you to think that, oh, well, if you don't see it live, it's not as funny. No, it's the same stuff. 
I also, I was trying to put stuff on Instagram, but for some reason, Instagram used to let me put long videos up and now they don't. I don't know why. So until I figure that out, we're not on Instagram at the moment, unless I cut out little segments and I don't have time. So we're not doing it that way. Okay. All right. We're on the witch. She's I'm ready. Excited. I think she I can't just, wait. She said she's here. So let's bring, <laughs> well, let's her, bring on. her on. I cannot wait. All right, Juan, let's bring in Patty. Hi guys. Hi, hey, sweetheart. how are you? How's my girl? I am I am well. Thank you so much for having me on your fun show. I know oh, we're gonna have fun. So so do I pronounce it Negri? Negri. Negri. Oh, Perfect. I like the into it, but Negri. That's because he's Italian and he told me it has no, to have no, that on no. it. <laughs> now here's when you say Loro sono Negri. They are negri. black. Louis Enero, he is black. So negri is the plural for black in Italian. It means many and black. And I am finding out that I am like mostly Italian, which I never, never knew that my ancestry DNA keeps leaning coming me back Italian. Italian. Well, that's why you're yeah. beautiful. That's why you're beautiful, and you have the personality you have. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, because I'm why. Italian. <laughs> Meanwhile, I cannot wait to get into your so book. So hold on, wait, wait, wait. I cannot wait. 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 We gotta do one. Well, that's I more stuff wait. before that. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron uh, Russell, the incredibly awesome psychic medium, the Good Witch of Hollywood, Patty Negri. Hello, and welcome to the show. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Now that's an intro. Yay. Now, so now we have, hang on. Uh, so I'm now so I know you already know Ron, but we have to introduce him every him. way. So this is our cool, outrageous man about town Hi. co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. <laughs> we know each other for a long time. And and then we have um, a, a chat room that's starting to fill up. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, They're saying chat you're, room. They say you're gorgeous and you have a beautiful smile. She does. And uh, and she's yeah. magical. So you guys, we met Patty many years ago. We were uh, pre-COVID. We were going to an info list, those info list red carpet parties at the Wisdom. Yeah. And uh, we all got there a few minutes early. So we were all hanging out and met her. And then we hadn't seen her until we were at Rhonda Swan's party three weeks ago. And uh, she was there. And I was looking at her going, God, I know I know her. And we figured out where it was. And uh, so now she's our fourth guest from the Rhonda Swan party because of cool people that we met there or re-met there. And uh, so we want to welcome you to the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Ron's dying to, like, talk, so I have to, like, let him talk. <laughs> no, only, only, only because I, I cannot wait to get some string and tie nine knots because she's got in her book how to lose weight with magic. And I believe in magic. My daughter Deirdre, by the way, is a good white witch also from Pennsylvania. My daughter is a Wigan. A Wigan, is it called? No. Wiccan, Wiccan. Wick, but I like Wiccan. Wiccan. We're often Wiccan. Wiccan a little. Wiccan, well, Wiccan. Wiccan. She's, a, she's a Wiccan. <clears throat> so she said to say hi, sister. Yay. Anyway, the book, the book is... It's going to be an incredible book to read. I think everybody should get it. I, I think before we talk about the book, we should like brag for her a little bit. Well, you bit. can brag after the book. I no, gotta, let's brag I gotta, before no, no, the no, no, book. No, 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 brag afterwards. <laughs> this way we sell the book, then we brag about it. <clears throat> I want everybody to buy this book because, you know, magic does happen. What is magic? Hmm. Magic is positive thinking. Magic is getting you to believe in what magic is to become so, and do on, what magic does. All right, so you now, guys. No, shut your mouth. No, I'm no, I'm gonna interruption, it. rudeness. <laughs> Didn't your parents raise you correctly? Because you're not going in you, the good order. No, I'm going. Uh, listen, I've been doing this for 64 years, Junior. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> we fight anyway. all the time. People love it. Now you made me lose my train of thought. 
good. So he I'm going to tell everybody. Deliberately. Okay, so you guys, this is Patty's book, which, by the way, you can get by going to pattynegri.com, P-A-T-T-I, not Y, P-A-T-T-I-N-E-G-R-I.com. The name of her book is The Old World is old world magic for the modern world tips tricks and techniques to balance empower and create a life you love by patty negri there's all sorts of positivity in this book everything in this book can be done you can do it you have to believe in it what is magic magic is a, a sense of mind magic is uh love when you fall in love that's magic when you have an orgasm, that's magic. When you eat a delicious pasta, that's magic. So tell me about it. I talk too much. You have to take over. About the fat thing. Tell, I mean, I really got to lose. Like, First talk about the book and then the fat thing. I have to lose 15 pounds. My doctor told me okay. to lose 15 pounds. It Easy peasy. I am a professional dieter, so I, I put all my magic together um, to – to create that we could do it. Uh, I do. I, I believe in magic. I think we can create our life. What I see, what I teach on is that we give away our power all the time. We give away our power to other people. We give our way of power to limiting belief systems, to fear, to all this stuff. Grab it back. We are amazing beings. We are divine creatures, whatever you think we come from. And we have free will. So we get to choose and create what we want. So if you don't have power in any of area of your life, just grab it back. So with, um, and that's what my book is about. It is, it's, it's almost simple life hacks to make it easy. Like we're all off balance right now. So I have my 30 second exercises, which I've almost honestly seen lots of people get off like depression meds over going, Oh wait, that's my emotions. I'm going to run my hands underwater for 30 seconds. Oh wait, that's my head. I'm stuck in my chatty head, foggy head. Oh, you're probably not breathing. So I'm going to breathe. It's just simple, easy, you don't have to be a psychic. You don't have to be a medium. You don't have to be a witch. You just create your life. It, nobody but you is going to do it. And with the diety thing, um, and again, it's much beyond diet because um, I the, the, my, the magic works for me. I'm supposed to be long dead. I'm supposed to be long dead. But because of these weird health problems that they discovered when I was like puberty age, um, they put me on hormones and all this stuff that made me blow, blow up like a balloon. And I've always been a, like a little accordion. Um, so by the <laughs> ripe old age. Of, accordion. Yeah, that's funny. I'm a professional. So, yeah. And so by the ripe old age of 30, they said I had so many health issues that I wouldn't make it to 50. This cancer, that cancer, this brain tumor, the fractures in my back. And I kind of went, hmm, no. And oh, does she have autoimmune diseases? I don't know if anybody who has an autoimmune disease, that's imbalance. You can get rid of it. I 100% believe that. My The weight issue came on top of that. And I went, no, I'm not going to be dead. I'm not going to be in a, or in a wheelchair because this osteoporosis. So I just, I just took positive thinking, magic. I, I believe ah, that thing's jumping. Everything, that mind, body, spirit of psychology, 20,000 books are written, mind, body, spirit, right? We know we will never, ever surpass our own belief system. Fact, we won't. If you don't think you can do it, you can. If you think you can conquer this, you can. We know that. That's what you were just saying. Uh, so uh, mind, we'll never body. We have to get off the couch. We have to take action. But the spirit part, that's what people don't quite get. But that's the battery that makes it happen. You could do it traditionally ways. You could do it through your faith. Go to church, go to temple prayer. You could do it new age, vision boards, affirmations. You could do what I would do. Spell working, crafts, witch's ladder, knots, magic, carving candles, herbs, 
dancing around a bonfire. But you could, anybody could look at everything you've ever accomplished in your life. You've had that mind, body, you've believed you could do it or you were worthy of it or both. You've taken action, you've got off the couch and you've had that faith or spirit or battery that made it happen. The stuff you haven't quite hap made happen yet, just one or two of those things need tweaking. That's it. You don't really believe it or that you're capable or you can or you, or you haven't gotten off the couch or you haven't had that battery that makes it happen. That's where I put the battery that makes it happen. That's why I put things like light the candle for weight loss whenever you're eating because so many people eat unconsciously. You don't have that awareness. Plus the magic in the candle is the spirit. You've blessed that with nothing's going to turn into fat. You put the witch's ladder, our breath, you're blowing into little knots. You see all those people wearing strings around their wrists, I mean, the red string, the Kabbalah tree. Oh, those are magic. Spirit gets caught in string. That's why uh, spider webs are so magical. That's why you hang dream catchers over over your bed to catch your bad dreams and things. And so you're making a little witch's ladder and you're putting your breath into it. Because remember, our breath is our life force. It's our pneuma. We're nothing without our breath. And okay, even, okay. I'm going to tell you short of another what? Okay. I'm just going to ramble on. I'm gonna no, no, we're going to ramble. No, no, no. He's, a, he's very rude to it. Oops. He's very rude. No, today. I want to like. I don't, when, I, we, when we go off the. See, he had a black eye a couple of weeks ago. He's going to have another black eye <laughs> no, after we get off the show today. But this time. I want to help. This time I'm going to get him wanna the black eye. I want to help promote all of these things. Don't so promote first of all, shit. Yeah. She's wonderful. I know she's wonderful. So, first of all, you guys, so so you know more about it because a lot of people don't know who she is. And so, like, I want to. They're I stupid wanna, if they don't know who she is. She's well, that, explaining they can't help what that. she is. So, you guys, Patty, here, I'm going to read a little bit off the back of the book. By the way, this book is only $12.97. You guys, everybody can afford it. I it's love like, this it's book. Like two I Starbucks. love this book. It is the best reading I've had in, in months. And I read it in two minutes by the pool and got sunburned yes. too. I'm sorry. So you say. guys, Patty Negri, Patty's a world-renowned, award-winning psychic medium and good witch, able to communicate with the spirit world since she was a toddler. She's been practicing natural magic her entire life. Her specialty is in adjusting energy and flow in people, spaces, and situations. She's conducted seances, clearings, and uh, clearings and sessions on radio, film, TV, and in living rooms and boardrooms across America. And then she has all these different things. Uh, some of the things that you'll discover when you get this book that's only twelve ninety seven. dollars uh, Easy techniques to shift your energy, your perception, and your outcomes to create the life you want. A new outlook and fun, manageable, and magical way to live your life so to create a sense of empowerment and hope. A different and expanded way to look at your life without changing your religion or belief system. And fun, powerful, and often life-changing spells, potions, and rituals you can easily do at home with common items without having to be a witch, psychic, or medium. So you don't have to be a witch to get this stuff, you guys. And, and that's a very big and, point. And it's, not, it's not like hocus pocus, full of baloney, like, you know, smoke and mirrors. It's a book that reads wow. well. It reads easily. And it's a common sense book. I mean, it's a book that when you complete... When you finish reading it, you say, I knew all of that stuff. I just didn't remember because yeah, you have you yeah. have to be you have to be reminded that you have this power. People say to me, how come you look so good for 82? How come you bounce around like a 16 year old? And I say, because I want to. If I didn't want to, I wouldn't. So if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm old, I'm ugly, I'm broken, I'm in pain, I'm swelling, I have diabetes, I have diarrhea, I have cancer, I have whatever the hell you have, you know, you're, you're killing yourself. You're letting all of the evil th forces come into your body. They love it. No, Be, read this book because this book tells you how to overcome so many easy step things. I mean, believe in it. As she said, 
Some people believe in the plaster of Paris statue of a man nailed to a cross. That's Jesus Christ. And they hold that plaster Paris uh, statue and they pray to it. Well, the statue doesn't give them the power. They get the power themselves believing in the statue. And that's what this gal does. Her book teaches you how to have the power that you can be magic also. There it goes. Keep talking. I love what she says. Go on. Don't let shit, shit face here interrupt you anymore. <laughs> you guys are funny. So so anyway, it's, it's, it's taking that power. You don't have to be and to do whatever you want to do. My book is little like hacks, like the weight thing. That's easy. You know, you, we need the visual. We need the emotional. We need the mental because everything connects the cords is through emotional. There's two strong, there's two strong powers in the world, love and fear, love and fear. The choices we make from love are usually the good choices. The choices we make from fear are usually not our best choices. Um, and fear can freeze us in our tracks, make us not do what we want to do with our lives, make that phone call, ask for a raise. Or if we look at fears, a million dollar industry that I work in, you know, we pay money to watch scary movies or to ride roller coasters. So why not take that? Oh, I'm so scared. And I'm going to do this to those things in our regular life. Like I'm so scared, but I'm going to take care of my body. I'm so, you know, change your perception. Perception is everything and perception is what drives us. So that's what this is about. You could do it in psychological terms, like my grandfather, very academic. You could do it in woo woo new age terms. You could do do it in pagany terms. You could do it in Judeo-Christian terms. It, it, it's just the energy behind it. Woo woo, new age terms. I love that. You know, I usually I read books, not novels, but when the book is written as yours is, I usually say, oh, well, this is full of shit. That's baloney. This is crap. This they made up or this is stupid or, oh, give me a break. Uh, your book, I have none of those uh, sentences used. I really enjoyed it. I, each chapter was exciting. It was uh, fun. I would love to make a movie about it. Just put characters around it. Seriously, make sure. a script. Let's write go. a script. Write a script around it. I think we should think about it. Uh, writing okay. a script about a family of people who are just just broken down garbage. And then they found this wonderful book and they studied the book and suddenly they began to be happy, healthy, and beautiful. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I so believe Sounds in everything. <clears throat> you know, maybe my daughter Deirdre became a witch because I was a warlock many, 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 many years ago in my 20s. It was the thing back then. Um, the only thing I had to say was the Lord's Prayer backwards three times and that made me uh, no longer a Christian and I became a warlock. So that was the only stupid thing that we had to do. But I had my, 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 my chalice and my, my, I had all my instruments and putting him in a silk scarf out at midnight and sleeping under the pillow, all that stuff. And <clears throat> you know something? We did it then because it was in. It was very in to be magical in the hippie days. But I firmly believe that it gave me the strength to be who I am today. <clears throat> because as I tell Jimmy, or excuse me, it's my desert sand throat. I always tell Jimmy now, when Jimmy is a little doubtful of things, I get angry. And I say, don't do that. Do not bring that into our home. It doesn't work here. It doesn't belong here. You, you are who you are. There's nobody like you. You're the best in the world because there's no double. If you, if you can find my double, then compare me to him. But I'm an individual. 
nobody's like me. I'm the best. So are you, and so is everybody watching our show right now. You are an individual. You can. You are the master of your thoughts, the master of your life. Don't blame things on other people. Don't pass the buck and say, well, this one made me get fat, or, you know, I got married and I was unhappy, so I ate and got fat. No, 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 no. You got fat because you wanted to get fat. Uh, no, and well, the thing is, whatever reason you got fat wait. for, yeah. No, nobody gets fat because they want to be fat. <laughs> Go ahead. No. But no, I was just going to say, yeah, you don't be a victim because if you say it's so-and-so's right. fault, it, I got married, I got this, I was sad. If Then you're a victim and you don't take take responsibility for it. I got fat because I ate too much. You know, well, there might be reasons behind it. But as soon as you take responsibility, then you're not a victim. Then you can change it. If you are at a bit, if you are in a... their fault, it's their fault. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you're in a loud... If you're in a lousy marriage and your husband's no good, don't get fat. Get a push-up bra, put on a mini skirt, paint your face, <laughs> and go out and get another husband. Yeah, that's po that's positive. Don't stick with the jerk off. Go get a new one, a yeah. nice one. But don't wreck yourself. Exactly. Vic victim, that's a wonderful word. Don't be a victim. So hold on. I yeah, want to like do some, some bragging then, though. Let me do some more bragging okay. for you. So you guys, Patty's done some fabulous things. Again, her website's pattynegri.com, and Patty is with an I. Um, some of her TV appearances have been on Ghost Adventures, which is a highly popular show, Flipping a Out, lot. Pit <laughs> Boss, Private Chefs of Beverly Hills, Bad Girls Club, Beverly Hills Pond, Deadly Possessions, Master Chef, Wipeout, AGT, um, she's also uh, worked with some really cool people, some of which we know, uh, but she's worked with Emma Stone, John Voight, Josh Duhamel, uh, Chevy Chase, Gregory Hines, Martin Sheen, John C. Riley, Burt Reynolds, Ernie Hudson, Sylvester Stallone, and um, she's also the president and chief examiner of the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums, as well as being an educator, and this is something that like was in the book when she gave it to me, like or I put it there, I'm not sure. But she's also an educator at uh, at University Magicus. It's an online spirituality school, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to just brag a little bit more for her, and uh, and also it says that you know that you you had these these abilities at a very young age. How did you know you know that you had these abilities? Um, because I mean, I thought everybody, I was talking to the other side, to spirit, since I was a little kid. And I do think little kids can. I think the so-called imaginary friends that little kids have aren't all imaginary. We have this gift, but in our modern, Western, non-mystical society, we've taken the magic out. We've taken even their spirituality out of so much religion. Oh, that's your imaginary friend. No, it's not. And and it didn't get taught out of me because mom would go, yeah, grandma saw that too. Grandma did that too. And even on the witchy side, I would find myself in my, again, a little bitty in my little suburban Long Beach home, you know, picking rosemary and herbs and mint and stuffing it in my mom's wallet, knowing it would give her more money. I mean, she didn't quite get it at the time. I was like, what are you doing? No, it's money. It's not money. No, it's, and then years later, I study apothecary and herbs and all. Yeah, it is. These are the attributes it has. So it's just kind of in the blood. But I think we, we all have it. I literally did my first seance. I was seven or eight. And again, I went into the hall where there's no windows, stuffed towels under the doors. I realized I didn't know anybody dead. And I'm like, uh, Marilyn Monroe, John Kennedy, everybody I knew at seven or eight and my little lightless windowless hall filled with orbs and lights. And, you know, I ran 
screaming out of the house with my best friend Sherry Jones, but inside I was jumping up and down going, this is real and we can control it to an extent. This is our world. So I've always known. So I've spent my entire life studying religion, philosophy, science, occult science, regular science, philosophy, cosmologies to, to make the energy that I see and then whatever, again, template you want to put it in. There's basic truths to things. Well, you know, you like Jane Russell. And spirits are buddy, out there. <laughs> my buddy Jane Russell, the movie star, was very religious, you know, Christian. And she always used to say to me, well, you can't prove it, can you? And that was her exact sentence. Pertaining to, does Christ exist? Do aliens exist? Does magic exist? Anything that people don't understand, they condemn. They immediately say, oh, that's baloney. That's makeup. Somebody wrote it. Somebody's making money on it. And Jane used to get upset with that. And she would simply say to them, well, you can't prove it, can you? And nobody can. <laughs> nobody can prove it to be false or real. We have to know one day when we're dead. When you're dead, you find out the answers. Jane said to me, when she was dying, poor thing, on her last trip to my house, she said, what is the Lord going to do with me when I get there? I said, knowing you, Jane, you'll be sitting in his lap torturing him. So she started to laugh. Well, I, yeah, hope, it, I hope Jane is up there sitting on his lap. If there I'm, is, a I am sure she is. We'll have to do a seance sometime and bring her down and talk to her. They love that. I would, actually. I would and love, and, and she would come because she believed in that. Oh, uh, big in life, big in death. Believe me, I've been talking to spirits since I was a kid. Somebody who's the quiet banker who works in this cubicle is quiet ghost. A movie star is going to be a movie star. That's why I like hanging out like at the Roosevelt or the Hollywood Athletic Club or right, the American Roosevelt. Legion where ghosts right. are having fun time. Maryland's always <laughs> by the pool and the chiffon, whatever. It's it's goofy. And no, by the way, the we go to the Roosevelt Hotel I just want to tell a quick story. Uh, Jane Russell uh, did not believe in homosexuality. She thought that we were raped as children and that we were abused or whatever and became. Uh, she thought that it could be undone, that it was a, a frame of mind. So she had a friend who supposedly spoke to Jesus Christ or heard from Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ told her all this stuff that she wrote down. And she gave that to Jane and Jane gave it to me. And it was Ron will be very difficult in the beginning. But in time, he will come around to understanding that I am the Lord, you know, blah, 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 blah. Of course, I didn't believe a word of it because it just didn't work. Uh, it didn't happen. And I said that to Jane and Jane said, well, like the letter said, you're fighting it. I said, Jane, what's the fight? You know, let's be realistic here. There is a limit to what we can believe in. She said, no, you're wrong, Ron. She said, there is no limit in what you believe in. If you close your mind to things, she said, you're never going to advance, especially in the next life. What do you think the next life is all about? The closest thing that I do, again, I've been talking to the other side and I can see through the veil. The closest thing I get is the ancient Sumerian believing. Oh, and by the way, I know Christian witches now. We don't have to say anybody's prayer backwards anymore. It, in my school, that university magicus, it's, I have a Catholic priest, witches, vampires, uh, New Agers, Reiki, hypnotists all together and we don't say this is the truth this is a truth and you figure out your own mix but anyway so what i think the ancient closest that i've experienced it's as closest to the ancient sumerian belief system 
which that's all those Anunnaki people, is that almost that we create our own heaven, um, almost like the matrix. Like if you believe in the pearly gates of whatever the, that's what you're kind of going to get. Um, I do believe in reincarnation. I know exactly who I was in my last life. I've been in the house, knew every inch of it. I've kind of went through time and space in a couple trippy different ways. Um, so again, and I think we sort of have choices there. If I, nothing dies. We know that science has proven that nothing can die. We become energy. We, we don't keep the meat suit. We get that spirit lives, soul lives. This goes. So if you want to, and again, they, in my experience, they don't have time and space. They go up and they hang out and if they're hanging out with Jesus. They're hanging out with Jesus. If they want to go through all their lives from Cleopatra, whatever they're doing, they want to sit there and watch their grandkids grow up through the window. That's what they do. So that ancient Sumerian is just, you got to go to the heaven that you create and you believe in, which is really almost like the matrix. And I think well, that's what that we do with our this life too. Well, that brings me to somebody once said to me, well, think of all the zillions and trillions and zillions of people who have lived on this planet earth when they die. How could Jesus possibly handle all of them? You know, and I said to them, listen, exactly what you said. We live in a time frame. The time frame from birth to death is what we have in the next life. Everyone we've met in that time frame, we see again in the next life. We can then rewrite or compose that lifestyle as we want, because that's what heaven would be. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, we had a very famous uh, psychic here. I don't think she was really any good. Uh, we were in Liberace's house. No, we were in Liberace's house and filming at a seance. And in the seance, uh, she spoke with Liberace. And what Liberace said to her was, please tell them to take the colored lights out of the water fountain in the front of the house. I wanted to get up and leave and say, look, it's stupid. You could have made up a better thing than that. I doubt that Liberace cares about this, the colored lights in the fountain if he got through. I think he would have gotten through with far more important information. But anyway, there are a lot of phonies out there. There are a lot of people out there who are out to get your money you know these gypsies that you see in the oh. street these little places they're psychic they're full of shit they know how to talk they they get it out of you oh i see you you, you need a lover you, you need a man that's going to have a, a red hair you know what i mean they do all that nonsense so yeah. that that makes a lot of people think oh well she's a phony too this one that wrote a book come on she's a witch yeah she knows her ass from her elbow like everybody else but no folks there are people who honestly and truly have this sense. I knew who I was once. My name was Eben Larkin. I was a pilgrim, and I lived on Long Island out in the Hamptons. How do I know this? I was driving out to the Hamptons when I was about 18 with friends, and I said to them, you know, there's a wonderful little cottage down the road on the right by the water. And I had never been there. And we drove by, and it was a no longer with a thatched roof, but it was a historical house from 16-something. And I was a farmer there. I was a farmer there. And my name was Eben Larkin, and I looked very much like I look now. As a child, my mother used to say to me, we have to go for shoes for school. And I said, Mama, I want shoes with buckles on them. And I always wore shoes with buckles. And today I have shoes still with buckles because it's a throwback to when I was a pilgrim and I wore boots with buckles. So I believe in, in reincarnation. I believe that, listen, people say to me, well, what happens when you die? I said, you watch a television show, don't you? It comes through the air, doesn't it? Well, that's what we are. We're energy and we go through wherever and 
materialize in whatever. I don't really know. And we are. So I believe everything you're saying. Yeah. And again, you're, you're right about psychics. Sadly, this is the worst profession for everyone, real and legit. There's a thousand scam artists or what you call the gypsies. The way to tell, always research, even if it's a Yelp or Google, go there, get a referral. And number two is if they're trying to be fear-based or control-based or upsell you, run. You should leave a, a session with a psychic or a medium, whichever you going empowered. Uh, not you're going to get hit by a bus on Tuesday. Be careful so you don't get hit by a bus on Tuesday. Not you're going to be married 17 times. You might be married 17 times, but here's not how to be married. If they try to upsell you, if they tell you have a curse. Upsell you. Upsell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, you need your chakras balanced. Oh, you need to, I need to take this to the church and get the candle. Just no. No upsell. No curse. No. Ah, it's. It, that's why they started the American Federation of Certified Psychics because um, Maximilian de Lafayette, who's an author, he's a linguist, he's a lawyer, 21 languages, most of them ancient, like ancient Sumerian. That's why I know this ancient Sumerian language. Um, I mean, I don't know it, but um, he's, he, he did an article in one of his magazines and he said, oh my God, if anybody needs a professional organization, you guys do. I mean, plumbers have them, doctors have them, teachers have them, somebody that shows that you've tested that you say you're a psychic or a psychic. if you say you're an astrologer you know astrology if you say you're a hypnotist everything that we do heavy testing and background checks that you've never gotten in trouble for scamming anybody or you know so yeah you know it's just just be careful out there because you always always go to a psychic or a medium when you're vulnerable and people take advantage of that sadly so just well, run if it, anything whatever they say they work it very cleverly. You know you have someone who's your enemy. And immediately you say, yes, my mother-in-law. And then you tell the psychic this, yes, my mother-in-law. Now she knows she has a clue. Well, your mother, now, Mary. oh, I, I see your mother-in-law. She hates you. She's doing spells on you. See that? I mean, it just it's just progressive bullshit. Yeah. And they're good. I mean, you could look at, look at somebody who does, um, magicians who do, whatever they call it. they don't call it mediumship they call it whatever they call it, clairvoyance whatever they call it they admit that it's fake and they could they could read you like that i don't know how they do it cuz i'm not fake but yeah there if there's techniques of, of of reading people and knowing people and it's whatever but that don't don't keep you away from the legit ones just do your homework referrals if you can and go really go to yell they get some really good out. ones like like on agt though they have some really good like of those clairvoyant like yeah, it's people all trickery they show them on youtube uh they have ex they, where they expose no, not, all the not trickery the, not the, late the, magi ones. the magicians yeah the yeah. guys that fly in i'm the, not uh, talking about the midgets i'm not willing to tell you what you're thinking and they know what you're fucking thinking and they 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 really yeah, don't know they're it. good it's, they're very good. Mentalists. Well, mentalists. They're mentalists. Men mentalists. Yes, mentalists. Yes. It, it's well, also. Mentalists. It's, and it's they can also. tell you, just, you just go, how could you know that? I could, yeah. I turned into an eight-year-old. I love that kind of magic, too. So wait, what did you do wait, on AGT? Wait, one final word. You, this, you weren't a this, contestant, this book, were you? This book okay. is not. Yes, I was. Hang on, hang on. This book will not scare you. This book will not bring evil spirits into your home. This book will only give you a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment and possibly help you in so many ways.
So they only get it on your website or is it also like on Amazon in places or where did they go to get it? Yeah, on Amazon, there's a few bookstores, but Amazon, you can get it in print that same $12.97 or you can get an ebook or audio book on Amazon for six bucks. Six bucks. Yeah, because ebook or audio book. B. Claudia in Germany said she already got it. She's in uh, Germany, I mean, but she said six, she got it to read tonight. Six bucks? I mean, oh, that's a joke. Six dollars. I know. Starbucks, a coffee at Starbucks. I know. And the ones in this city are all closing. But yes, I was on AGT. I, this whole thing is I had health issues, and they were told me by 50 I would be dead. And I went, no, I'm not. So if, when I hit 50, instead of being dead, I'm like, how do I show how positive magic, positive thinking, whatever you want to call it, the craft works? I'm going to do the world's hardest obstacle course. I'm going to get on Wipeout with those big balls, scariest, hardest. Yes. And I kept trying out and trying out. And I had to go through physical and psychological. And next thing I knew, I beat 100,000 people and be the least likely. And I was doing Wipeout, the hardest, scariest, most painful thing I ever did, but most empowering. I go, this is what positive magic. I wasn't there going, I hope that person trips. No, it's like, you do good. And you, what you put out is what you get back. There's room. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is addicting. This is fun. What else can I do? I'm in, I sit and I live in the middle of Hollywood and I'm like, Okay, well, my husband won't let me in the kitchen, and I got kicked out of home ec in high school. I'm going to cook for Gordon Ramsay. I want to show what positive magic does. So I, I totally played the witch card. I have new pumpkin soup, and I made Aristasa, son of Apollo, love pasta. And I used real techniques of magical cooking, stir it clockwise, add love, get rid of stuff, go counterclockwise. What cinnamon will add to your food? Basil will stop arguing. But again, I still couldn't cook. But next thing I know, I beat 100,000 more people with positive witchcraft and I'm cooking for Gordon Ramsay, Joe Bastianich and Graham. And then I'm like, this is addicting. This is fun. This is, everybody needs a hobby, right? So I'm, and I'm watching America's Got Talent and I'm seeing Which I love amazing that singers and dancers. I do too. I'm just seeing these people going, wow, okay. All right, wait, wait, wait. The next thing I know, I'm rolling on the floor with Howie Mandel, beat another hundred. I'm at the audition at the LA Convention Center with 5,000 of my closest friends. And knowing they're also at every convention center in the US going, I'm going to do this. And I did that. I'm making a fool of myself, which is my favorite thing, was, you know, rolling on the floor with Howie Mandel, psychically reading his dog, which we're all wrapped up in the leash and trying to pick him up. And you can't touch Howie Mandel because he's got that germ. Yeah, he's got that germ thing. Yes. It was hysterical, but well, we good we for you though. Wait, I, I would, I would, I would like to talk about the book. Here's just okay. a few, few of the subjects: basic spell casting, moon magic, love magic, home and space clearing magic, dream magic, bathroom magic. My favorite projection, projection items, tools, and techniques: kitchen magic. Body and weight loss magic. Oy. Uh, money magic. Don't we all need some of that? Dragon magic and sound magic. It's page. such an interesting... Yeah, I know. I'm just reading a few because we could go on for another week. Uh, outdoor magic. Uh, when a loved one passes magic. We all have that. Keeping calm in a storm. My Spectrophilia go ghost sex magic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a wonderful. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, for six bucks, it's a joke. Twelve bucks is even a stupider <laughs> joke. I mean, I, I've read so much trash in my day. No, I've read trash in my day. I mean, I'm a science freak. I believe in a UFO. I've written, read everything on it. I mean, I, I know I'm not stupid to the subject. 
but I truly enjoyed this book. It's so easy. It's so simple. And I really liked it. I would read it again. I'm going to give it to my daughter, Deirdre, the, the witch, uh, when I see her on Monday. So also, Yay. real quick, so B. Claudia got your book. So B. Claudia is in Germany. She's a, a phenomenal supporter of the show and everything Ron and I do. So just say hi to B. Claudia because she loves that one. And we hi, get B. Claudia. Hi, B. Claudia. Thank you. Let me know what you think. And also say hi to Teresa because Teresa's uh, like, oh, uh, she's like saying, she keeps hi, saying Teresa. how beautiful you and your smile is. Oh, uh, and then, uh, oh, and then, and Dawn is in there too. And she says she always loses her money, disappears all the time. <laughs> say hi to Dawn. Okay. <laughs> Think like a leprechaun. I don't know if that's in the book. Leprechauns like money because money's easy. It's the pot of gold, I think. So create a little leprechaun envelope, throw around money, roll around in it like you're goofy, change your thoughts of money. I have on my website, in my book, I, there, um, on my, I teach a lot for free on YouTube. My money spell works every time. It costs you $1 and a federal offense because you have to burn the dollar, but uh, it works every time. Oh, I have a great story I must tell, but I cannot use the actor's name. He is an Academy Award winning, very famous actor. My daughter Deirdre was dating him and she was very much infatuated with him and wanted to cast a spell on him, a love spell. So they were out one night on a patio after having dinner, and she said to him, I'm very chilly. He said, here, take my jacket. So she puts his jacket on, and then she goes to the ladies' room. With her pinky nail, she made a tiny little hole in the sleeve where the seam is, and she poured down their magic powder for love potion. And then she went back to the table and said, oh, I feel better now, here's your jacket. And he put the jacket on. Did it turn out? Well, it did to some extent because she saw him for two years, but unfortunately he had a bad drug problem and she had to end the relationship because there was no controlling. And he's a major Academy Award winning actor. Uh, so my daughter, you know, read her book. If you're in love with somebody and you want to get them, read the book, <laughs> you know. But I would tell you, just ask for... I personally, and that there's no judgments there, I personally wouldn't do it on a specific person. I'd say, bring me the love of my life. They could have these attributes. And if it's that person, it'll work on that person. Um, because I just choose personally not to control people because that's just not good or bad, evil or bad. But if I create a world that I can control people, that means people can control me because we create the world we live in. That's why I don't hex or curse. That's why when I'm on Master Chef, I wasn't hoping that person burnt their chicken. It's like, no, I hope you that's the best chicken you've ever made. What you put out, you get back. So again, oh, I that, so believe had, in that. Yeah. Uh, people say to me, you have two daughters that love and adore you. We play cards every Monday night. And my kids, I mean, you see the, the thing I'm wearing now with all the buttons from 40 years ago, best dad in the world. I'm so close to my children and they are to me. People say, what did you do? I said, I got back what I gave. And that was love. If you are dedicated to your children and those children feel completely 100% loved by you, you're going to get it back. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Damn sand here. I hate yep. this desert. Friggin' desert. I'm so sorry I live here. But anyway, <clears throat> no, really, I mean, it's torture. 115 degrees and, and well, anyway, that's so, negative. Uh, Discharge it. Um, so I had a mind 
blow okay, up. Okay, so I want because well, what you said before, like it was a few minutes ago, but basically you said you know you get you what, get you, what you well, what you yeah. Well, yeah what you give get back what you give. So like if you go around like wishing bad on people, probably that's what you're gonna get. And if you go out you know wishing good on people, you'll also get good, right? Is that basically absolutely kind of like hundred percent? called karma in eastern religion it's called cause and effect it's called action exactly. and reaction in science exactly, exactly. and because again i'm not judgmental of people who do wish dark or do dark magic but those people just don't seem as happy as i am those no. people start getting a little paranoid a little worried then you have the witch wars who's against who it's like that that's not the world i choose to live in and you don't have to if you can get everything if you can get you cannot know what saute means and cook for gordon ramsay you could do anything with positive magic in italian there's a what you're italian now you remember that you have to learn this yeah i in, know in italian there's a saying che sputo in cielo ritornare in faccia he who spits in the wind gets it back in his face <laughs> and that is so true <laughs> if, you, if, you, true. if you spit into the wind it'll come back and hit you in the face and that's what it's all about you do evil baby Double. That's the sad part. It comes back double, not e not even in, singular. Double. The the Wiccan read like what, what you're. I mean, I'm I'm Wiccan, but I'm so much more because I do a lot of chaos magic. I do a lot of traditional British craft. I'll use some philemic stuff, some ceremonial. So I'm just eclectic. I'm very elemental in my work. I work with air and fire and water and earth. Um, but the the Wiccan thing is what you put out, you get back three times by the power of three times three. This spell bound round shall be. Yeah, three usually would number. say to cause no harm. No, it's the three. So. Put out love because that's what you're going to get. Put out abundance. Not like I'm holding on to my, my money like this because then you're going to be like just like. So all that is. Go give away all your money. It's so so air, air, water, fire and whatever like that. Because, you know, the craft is like one of my favorite movies. And that's the only time I had ever really seen that. Now I've seen both the craft movies. I love them both. Uh, so that's like yeah. an actually a real thing then that they based all of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everything. Absolutely. We we work at almost anybody who works a magical or shamanic, Native Americans, Peruvians, pagans, which we work. You work a compass. Whatever you put in the north is the system you work An elemental cause. But north is earth. Um, south is fire. West is water. East is air. So north would be. Earth. It's who you are. If you want to put it onto your body, that's what I do in my 32nd. Who you are, your persona, your home, how people know you. Oh, that's Ron. That's your, the, oh, they're funny. They're the, that's your earth. Your fire is your passion, your creativity, what drives you, the power. It could be Holy Spirit, Jesus, it could be the breath of a drag. Ah, so who you are and what drives you, north and south. Where we get off balance is west and east, like an airplane going sideways. West is our water. It's our emotions. Almost 60% of our body is water. Almost 70% of our planet. Water has to flow, not judge my emotions, stuffed down, not looked at. Flow, water, like a tear. Air is our thought pattern, our focus, our clarity, the chatty brain, because none of us breathe well anymore, the foggy brain, the hormone. So if we put our whole life into who we are, what drives us, our emotions and our thoughts, what do we need more than anything to survive? Water and air, water and air, um, and to balance it out. So that's why I came up with like those 30 second exercises because yeah, it is great to meditate for an hour. I don't have an hour. I have 30 seconds before I go on camera with these beautiful men. I have 30 seconds to pull it together. So I put that mind, body, spirit 
belief system, action, magic into play. In witchcraft, we call it creation, working, dispatch. Same thing, just different words. Into like, well, water calms us. Look at every shower you've ever taken. Water releases things. Can't jump in a shower, but you could run your hands underwater. Breathing calms the head. So the 30-second version is add some vowel to it. Ah, you know, getting grounded, hugging a tree. If you can hug a tree, but if you can't hug a tree, grab a pencil. This still has the spirit of that tree. You know, a fire, the passion, the creativity. Maybe you have a hot date or talk or a spiritual or creative path, or maybe you're just tired and, and you can't dance around a bonfire, which I highly recommend. The heck or the sound magic for fire is the letter Z. Zzz, it's the dragon strike. It's a, so 30 seconds of zzz, you'll have the passion, creativity. You'll feel it in the base of your spine coming up. We have everything built right into us. We just forgot as we modernized ourselves. We used to, when I talk about moon magic, that's 60% water. We are run by the moon. Everybody knows the crazy full moon. Yeah, we all know. Talk to a police station. Talk to a hospital. But what if every full moon we get out and we're in gratitude? Whoever we're thanking, God, God's the moon, our higher self. Thank you, thank you. And ask for what we want. Everybody says you're supposed to ask, whether you call it prayer or manifestation or affirmation. So thank you for my one bedroom part. I want a two-bedroom apartment. The next two weeks while the moon is waning or getting smaller, that's when you wake up when the moon's waning. I'm not going to eat carbs today, or I'm not going to worry so much, or I'm not going to be so hard on myself. It'll be 10 times easier during that two weeks of the waning moon. During the dark moon, the new moon, that's when you go inside. What do I want now? Whether you meditate for an hour, just go 30 seconds. What do I want now? Not what did I want last month? Not what does the world want for me? And then the next two weeks of waxing moon, it's written on your cell phone. It's written on every calendar you buy. That's when you add into your life. More love, more sex, and more exercise. All of a sudden, if we tap into that almost 60% water, you will notice within day, weeks, if not days, the good stuff in your life gets better faster and faster. And the, well, not good or bad, but the stuff you no longer need starts falling away with the grace and ease of the moon. The moon is flow. The moon is magic. We are run by it. Again, so, early men knew. We and, and, I, and I also believe in flow. Let's talk about flow. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people have been raised to be uh, prejudiced or have been raised to say no to this, no to that. Too many no's. When you're a child, your parents are constantly saying no, 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 no. That stops the flow coming in. People say to me, Ron, how do you do what you do for so many, for, you know, 14 years or whatever it is, every week? I don't have a script. You I know. But most of our guests, I don't know, and I don't want to know anything about them. Jimmy will start to tell me, and I said, don't, because I don't have a flow. So when I sit here with a guest that I have no idea who it is, I open up my mind and flow. And everything of that person that they need to discuss with me comes into me. This is a wonderful yeah. technique that everybody should learn. When you are at a party and many people are speaking, sit there silently and just open your mind and listen to the flow. You're going to hear one voice out of 10 people all speaking at the same level. You will only hear one voice. And that voice is going to come to you and give you the information that you need. And I believe in that. As an actor, I believe in that. What do you think? You about are a flow? witch. Flash warlock. A hundred percent. Yes. It's because you're con it's consciousness. It is flow. Tapping into that flow. We we gone through life. I think that's what COVID's about. That's another discussion. But we were and we use it to asleep at the wheel 
phoned in by rote automatic pilot we were becoming those uh, walking zombies unconscious numbed out to everything or we people would drink or smoke or eat too much or watch tv or shot all this stuff to stay in that numb position wake up flow who you said listen be quiet pay attention you're going to tap into everything's out there i think that's what covid was about god god universe whoever whatever said you guys are asleep wake up tried to shake us and didn't wake up threw a little water in our face didn't wake up had to hit us on the head with a two by four and said go to your room for two years and don't come out until you wake up some I have another are, I have an, another quick little Hollywood story. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Blackwell, the 10 worst wrestlers guy, was my best yeah. buddy. And Blackwell and his lover, Spencer, were going up to Jaja Gabor's house in Bel Air. And Blackwell said, you want to hook a ride with us? You'll meet Jaja Gabor. I said, I'd love to. Maybe I'll get an interview out of her. So we went up to Jaja Gabor's house. And for one hour, this woman did not stop talking at all. You couldn't get a word in. She didn't even know we were there. It was as though she was speaking to the curtains, the draperies. So when we left, Blackwell said, so what'd you think of Gabor? I said, I have no idea. I've not met her yet. So that, that I, had, I hadn't met her yet because the person that was there was not interested. That person was so wrapped up in who she was and her conversation. And it was all about her, of course. Uh, and when you're that kind of a person, you'll go nowhere in this earth because, first of all, you're a bore. And secondly, you're not learning. You're teaching the same crap over and over again that you've done for years. You're giving the same spiel, as, we, as they say in Yiddish, spiel, over and over again. So you have to listen. Uh, you have to learn. Learning is the most important thing. The brain without learning will become Al Alzheimer's. I believe that. The people that I know, the people that I know, either from alcohol, mostly alcohol destroys the brain. But for people that didn't drink, were people who stopped learning, and the brain just said, "Okay, you don't need me anymore. Goodbye." You believe in that? Hundred percent. I don't ever want to stop learning every no. day. And and the more you learn, the more you know you don't know. And then and and I so I learn a lot. No, I oh, I'm we a have to because and I'm, yeah, I'm a and, yeah, I'm a jack of all trades, and I keep learning. I'm I'm a, a Gemini, and you know Gemini's are habitual learners. I mean, we 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 get bored easily. We need to learn something. I've learned a lot from your book. Uh, I'm pleased to say. Yay, no, it's a good book. I, I wouldn't carry on about it. If it was a shitty book, I would have held it up and said, you know, nice book, pretty cover. Goodbye. But it, ah! it, it, it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. So please, I have a question. Please, everybody out there, please get this book. I think it's going to help your personality, and I think it's going to help your lifestyle, and I think it's going to make you a happy person. So I have a question for you. You said earlier that you do a lot of teachings through your YouTube channel. Like, So where do, how do people find your YouTube channel? Well, my YouTube channel, again, you can get there from pattynegri.com, but I also have a school now, and it's crazy affordable. I didn't want anybody to not be able to afford knowledge, so it literally averages about $10 a class. If you come regularly, it's called University Magicus. That's a little postcard that I put in your book. Um, and again, we don't teach A1, this is a truth, a Christian, Judeo, anything. It's our teachers are varied. I have 17 teachers on staff now. I usually teach Tuesdays and Sundays. I teach mediumship development, psychic development, psychic protection. In, I'm in the paranormal world with ghost adventures and my other shows. So paranormal stuff. I teach 
animal guides, spirit guides, past life regression, um, seance etiquette, seance technique, proper seance, and everything with integrity, with ethics, with virtue, with moral code. Because I think you have to have those things. You have to have moral code to, if you want to really take your life into your own hands and create what you want. If you really don't know what right from wrong or your version of that, you know, let somebody else tell you what to do. But yeah, universitymagicus.com. We sit in little Zoom squares and, and do magic. It's beautiful. So how did you, uh, we've got like about four, three or four minutes left, but I want to know, so because Ghost Adventures. Can I just say one thing quickly? I would like to do that Jane Russell um, seance. Okay, I think, let's I do think it. We might, I think we might get something out of it. After the show, we'll plan it. So hang on. So okay. can, uh, can you, um, so, so Ghost Adventures, it's the biggest paranormal show in history. You know, how did you get involved to be on there so many times? Like, how did they, how did they find you? Or? They, the first time was actually they were in Hollywood and they were doing a, a haunted Hollywood version. I had just, and I work with the Hollywood Arts Council. I'm on the board of the, we bring art into the elementary schools because we know that'll make their math schools better. Um, but anyway, I, I had done a spirit salon, not like your ghost hunt. Everybody dressed in thirties and forties. My husband's jazz band was playing and I go, took ghost walks and I was taking this ghost walk and there sat Charlie Chaplin at the, at the American Legion. And and I told whoever ran the place, I go, Charlie Chaplin is here right in this chair. I didn't know it, but little Benunce to me, that is the chair he sat in every day or every Friday for years and years and years until he was kicked out of the club. And they told Ghost Adventures that. So Ghost Adventures called me in because that show, I've been working at seven, eight years now, um, which is a lot. But they just, so they called me in and said, we heard that. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you didn't know that this was Charlie Chaplin? No. So every show forever, they'd always have the one local person who's experienced something or the one local psychic or psychic medium who is there. And that's probably what I was to be. But I think we just hit it off, like you were saying, that flow. They saw my experience. They saw my knowledge, education, all that, and and heard about my seance ability. Because my seances aren't, let's just talk to the dead. I raise the veil so everybody gets to talk to the dead. So they started just calling me Black Dahlia House next, and then this house, and then that house, either to walk through that and tell them what happened or not. And I, I don't know anything. I literally, if need be, blindfolded, thrown in the trunk of the car. I walk in and they you say, you tell us what happened here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like love. I, I like, just I love that. I actually wrote a biography. I did a documentary on Charlie Chaplin, and so I wrote an auto uh, like a biography. Really, and, that is cool. And I have to say something. I was chosen to be in all the airports. If you're waiting for a flight, watch the monitor because I'm there telling people how I met Jane Russell, the uh, psychic way I met her. Yeah, a voice came to me after the passing of my my lover, and said, "Find Jane Russell," because I was very in a bad way. And I went and found Jane Russell, and we became buddies, butter and sister. Best friends, yes. Best friends. And I think she saved my soul from a lot of pain, because in knowing her and talking about her second husband, who she loved very much, who had passed away, we had a lot in common. So I tell this story, of course, in full at the airport, and I hope that people that watch it don't say, oh, he's crazy. Cares. You know, no, I hope they learn from it and say that, yeah, sometimes you hear a voice. doesn't mean you're schizophrenic. It means that no. sometimes there is a voice. All right, everybody, because we've got um, to move forward. We want to thank Patty for coming on the show. Yes. Here, here is her book, uh, The World Magic for the Modern World. It's pattynegri.com, P-A-T-T-I. 
N-A-G-R-I.com. Patty, we want to thank you for coming on the show. We'll bring you back. We had a great time. The chat room loved you. Um, so best of luck with everything you do, and I'm sure we'll see you thank at some you. events soon. Yeah, we're gonna, thank, I'm, yes, I'm, very I'm, soon. The world's coming back. Yes. I'm going like to introduce you to my very good friend, Su Wong. She will okay. definitely enjoy knowing you because she's a very okay. mystical. She's Chinese, and she believes in all the cultures, and oh, she's very, yeah. very mystical, very mystical woman. I got a lot. Yeah, like Asian right. cultures are much more mystical than our way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you're a Thank delight. You. Thank you for giving us a wonderful show. And please, everybody, get the book. I don't. I wouldn't steer you wrong. I wouldn't lie about it. Bye, Patty. Thanks. Bye, Patty. Thank we want to. We want to. We want to. We want to uh, mention. Uh, just welcome Meg Rudick. Rudick joined us in Meg, the chat room. You know, psychic. See, we just talked about psychics. I said to Jimmy, not uh, not three hours ago, I'm going to call Meg. There I've go. got to call Meg, and there's Meg now in my We also want to welcome Jeff Cap Caperton, who's tuning in for Adrian Zamed, uh, also, uh, who's coming on. So what's up, Jeff? We're going to take a two-minute. Meg, Meg, did you like that segment? She, she just tuned in now. Oh, so Meg, she you had it. a seat about the match. Meg, it was You wonderful. guys, we're going to do a quick music break. We're going to play Young Zuck overseas. It's like a two-minute song, and then when we come back, we're going to welcome Adrian to the show. Um, so go ahead, uh, Juan. Let's take it away. Young Zuck overseas. You guys will be right back. <clears throat>
Yo, everybody. So that's Young Zuck. We're going to see them. They're going to be at the Clown Motel 2 premiere we're going to at the end of the month. But uh, now we're ready to bring on our next guest. And uh, hopefully everything uh, we can hear and everything rocks and rolls. Let's see how we do, everybody. We're bringing in Adrian's Med. Hello. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Ron. Oh, hey. good. We can hear you. Perfect. Terrific. Exciting. I'm, I'm not allowed to speak until he introduces me. Otherwise, he chops my fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actor, producer, director, Adrian Zemad. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Where are you based out of? Where are you right now? We're in Palm Springs. Roasting ah. up. Well, roasting. you're not far from me. I'm in Vegas. Yes. Right. Oh, you're in a hot area, too. Like, it's 115 here today. Yeah, I think it's close to that here, too. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Palm, uh, the people in Palm Springs, uh, California, and Las Vegas, were kind of used to these triple digits. The rest of the world is not. Uh, we're prepared for it. But uh, who, who, who said we've only lived here wait, for four wait, years? Wait, wait, hang on, <laughs> hang on, gang. Who said we're used to it? <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I like, I like, I so I'm from it. Florida, so I'm used to hot heat and humidity. Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. The only heat I knew was the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show. And before we start talking about everything, I just want to tell you, so, so uh, I did a lot of like research on all the stuff that you've been in just so I would have some idea because Ron doesn't look anybody up. Um, so I looked, every, I looked everything up and, uh, and I always knew that you sang, but I didn't really realize, you know, when we spoke on the phone a couple of weeks ago, like the extent of it all. So I actually listened to your debut album today on uh, YouTube, the Adrian Zemed self-titled album. It's actually streaming on YouTube. And and you really sing. I mean, you? no, I'm not kidding you. You really can sing. And I was what super kind of, excited. What kind of he did pop rock. It's from the 80s. You know, he did the album in like 1980. What, what songs? Uh, his songs. Oh, he wrote them? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if he wrote Did you write them? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, uh, 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 it, they were produced by, uh, it, 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 I think two people in Saskatchewan bought the album. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, uh, it, it didn't do very well because my fans, I wanted to be a, a rocker and my fans wanted to hear pop and uh we went uh, a certain way and it didn't work out. <laughs> but you know what? It was, I really enjoyed listening to it. So I listened to it while I was looking through your IMDb and watching the Grease 2, you know, uh, clips well, and, my, and things my like that. Forte has been Broadway musicals. I mean, that's really been my bread and butter for over 40 years of, of being in the entertainment industry. I started out as, uh, as Danny Zuko in the original uh, Grease on Broadway. And then, uh, you know, just went on to do about 20 to 25 Broadway musicals uh, and tours uh, at this point. So that's really been my background my entire life. I, I you know, television and film just kind of like came to me uh, by chance. Uh, I, I just, I, I, even though I went to Hollywood and had quite a career in, in Hollywood, I, I, I returned to the stage. Uh, and that's really kind of like if, if these days, if I'm, acting i'd rather be on stage rather than in front of a camera i'd rather be behind the camera these days but if i'm acting i'd rather be on stage you... people think it's fun making movies it stinks i hate it you know for the for the two seconds no i i do my seven lines and then and then five hours later a next setup i do seven more lines and then next thing i know 14 hours went by and i do seven more lines and what do you do in between your lines you just walk around like an idiot you can't make any noise you can't speak because the mic might pick it up torture 
when you're on Broadway, my darling, you go out on the boards and there they are, the audience, and they love you and they applaud and they laugh when you want them to laugh. It's an experience. Actually, you can't compare stage to film. Hang on, hang on one second. So we have a chat room full of people. And uh, first of all, B. Claudia is in Germany. She says your album came out in 1984. They all like love you. Are you are you a uh, what did it say? Don, what did you write? Uh, I lost my sound. Oh, Don, do you lost your sound? Were you a, are you a Cubs fan or Wrigley's fan? I don't know. She said her dog's name Wrigley. Are you a Cubs fan? Uh, uh, absolutely fanatic. Um, I grew up five blocks from Wrigley Field as a child. Uh, so I've, I'm a lifelong diehard Cubs fan, whether they're winning or whether they're losing. Um, if I didn't uh, spend my youth in, in, the, in the, the stands, I would be outside – uh, Wrigley Field with a baseball mitt, waiting for a ball to come over uh, oh the God. the fence. This so, is how fabulous you, you, you our fans you, you, are. They like know everything about you. They're like because they're actually saying that she named her dog Wrigley, you know, after that. And right. that's that an awesome fan. name for a dog. <laughs> and you never snuck in. Oh never. God, yes, all the time. Back I in mean, the the '60s, when I was uh, a kid, uh, uh, the, the the the. Uh, the stands were filled. They were only day games um, because they didn't have lights. No, no, no night lights. You're right. Right. So they were only day games. So as a kid uh, in the summer, the stands were filled with kids, kids only because nobody, the adults did not play hooky from work to go to day games to see the Cubs. It, it wasn't a big thing, yuppie thing back, you know, in the eighties. Uh, I, I, owe, I think we owe it a lot to Harry Carey for bringing in so many yuppies into uh, to, to watch the Cubs back in the '80s and all. But back in the in the the, the late mid to late '60s, man, the only people in the stands were were kids. I I think you, you used to hear a. Uh, uh, the, somebody over the, the PA system at Wrigley Field saying, hey, Mrs. Johnson, come pick up your kids. They're beating the Cubs 12 to nothing in the bottom of the seventh. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's very true. Fa fa fathers back in my day were not the fathers of today. My father never changed the diaper. My father never burped a baby. And my father never pushed a baby carriage because it was not manly. Uh, my father was a strict father, and I only saw him when he was being a disciplinarian. So I grew up kind of uh, without parents. I had parents, wonderful parents, but I didn't have the parents that parents are today. I didn't have birthday parties. Nobody took me to uh, a foreign place for my birthday like they have today. They go to God knows where to Europe for a birthday party. And we grow up different. So we snuck into the Astoria pool for free. We snuck into all the stadiums to watch baseball games. We were good sneaks. We learned. Well, you, you grew up in the, in the city. So did I. And I grew up in the middle of Chicago. And <laughs> when, you know, I, I was five years old and I, I was, I'd walk out in the morning and I wouldn't come back until the evening, even at that me age. Me too. Uh, me too. Because I, I the city was my playground. I was raised in the Brooklyn projects, the Red Hook projects, and there was a park called Coffee Park, which was about five, blo four blocks away, and they had a sprinklers going, you know, water sprinklers. And I was about four or five years old. I'd ride my tricycle, my little three-wheel bicycle there, get out, take off my clothes, be in my underwear, and go under the sprinklers, and then go home and get a beating because I crossed the street. <laughs> <laughs> and I was told, never, never cross that street. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so real quick, do me a favor. So, say hi to Don Hinton in the chat room. Hi, Don. 
And then we have B. Claudia in Germany. Hi, B. And Teresa in Florida, because they're like three of our biggest like supporters, and they're actually just throwing all these facts in 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 here all about and say you. Say hello to my dear friend Meg Rudin. Rudick. Rudick. Oh, and Jeff Caperton. Say hi to Meg and Jeff. Jeff joined us because he wants to. He's a, a guest actually. He's a, an actor who comes on the show often, and he okay, actually I'm is in the chat room because of you. So there you go. And, Thank and you. And my friend Meg is my Grace Kelly lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> She's my beautiful friend who I'm crazy about. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. So first of all, do you because uh, you're still working on Broadway, uh, and we always ask a lot of actor questions. But like, do you have difficulty remembering lines, or is it just still come very easy for you? No, it's pretty pretty easy. Uh, it's funny. Um, lines have never been a problem for me because I, I, it's it, it if it's well written. It's easy. Ah, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. You finally said something that I've been saying for so long. The shitty lines I get, who the fucking remember them? <laughs> I mean, you know, I play I play a wise guy, a tough guy, a mafioso, a killer, right? And I get a line like, oh, gosh, John's shuck, stop that. I right, mean, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that doesn't work, baby. Let's really get real. Some writers just... Oh, I don't know. I agree yeah. with you, my buddy. No, no, yes, it's, yes. It's very easy to, to, to memorize lines that make sense. It's the thought. Yes. Oh, I love it's him. the thought that can, you can, memorize. Can, and can, I, make out, can I make out with you for an hour? Can I make out with you for an hour? <laughs> I mean, I love you. I love you. You're saying everything I've been saying for years on this show, and nobody really understood me. Thank yeah. you. I'm so happy. That's, I think that's hilarious. So let's talk a little bit because Grease 2 for me was like a really big deal. And we've actually – several people in it we actually knew. Uh, we actually have had Eddie Deason on the show and Ron was oh, really – I love Eddie. <laughs> Ron, Ron was friends with Tab Hunter and he also – and he interviewed – he used to have – Ron used to have a show called Set the Record Straight, interviewed all the Hollywood legends. And so he Tab actually interviewed – he, he is such a great human being. I, 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 I miss him totally. And I, Lorna I, left. I miss I, – I know Lorna also. Yeah, I've I know. That's why Lorna. I'm Bringing it up. But no. Tab, let's Lord talk about Tab Hunter. <laughs> Tab Hunter was a buddy. Tab Hunter was real. Tab yeah. Hunter was kind, sweet, generous, giving, loving, adorable. I love the man to pieces. We also had Christopher McDonald on our show. So in Greece too, we've had four pe four people on there, uh, not including Maxwell Caulfield, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Sid Caesar, Dee Dee Khan, Connie Stevens, and Dodie Goodman. So tell us a little bit about now that I know you actually were singing like all that like stuff because I watched about fifteen clips today. You know, uh -huh. of it and you performing and stuff, which you were fabulous, you know, in it. You're really, really good. Um, and that was a, a really I mean, I think that's I don't know if that's your biggest credit, but that's a really big credit. You know, that how everybody like knows you as soon as we mention your name, that and T.J. Hooker, it's like made you like an overnight. I, I, I really superstar. know him more from Broadway. I have to. Well, I'm a New Yorker, so I know. Broadway, <laughs> but I really know his name from Broadway more than I do from film. Uh, I can't think of one. Broadway uh, play that you Greece. Gr Greece. <laughs> no, no, I, I never saw Greece on Broadway. So I've Hang seen. On, go back though. I, I know his name. About, I've seen. I want to go back things. to Greece too. I want to go back to Greece too, though. Actually, uh, another thing I found very cool is the fact because we have a lot of friends that are in the Sharknado movies, and and basically they only oh. pick like they only pick icons, you know, to have those cameos. And the fact that you were in Sharknado Four, which we had uh, actually uh, a whole bunch of friends are, uh, of ours are in that, Sharknado I saw, Four. I saw you in that. And uh, yeah, and I also, right. 
I mean, Wayne Wayne Newton and I were killed by the sharks in the opening credits in the, yes. of, of one of the movies. Yes. <laughs> you know, when Jimmy told me we're going to watch Sharknado, I said, what's that about? He said, well, sharks fall from the sky and eat people. I said, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Oh, you got to be kidding. That's got to be a real piece of shit. Well, when I saw it, I loved it. I thought it was. We watched all of them. I thought it was a high camp. It was so stupid and so funny that I loved it. It was fun. It's definitely movie. a throwback to the to the days of, of spoofy, uh, you know, science fiction. Uh, yeah, like so. kill it, kill it, tomato. Grease too. Yes. Um, I I had just I've been I had left broad I had I had done the original Grease on Broadway and then I did the Tommy Toon revival. Uh, in in the ah night. Tommy Toon revival. There you yeah, go. Yeah, and then uh, in between all of that, I I did uh, uh, several tours and stuff. So it's funny. I, I've nobody has played Danny Zuko more than I have in the history of the Broadway show. I actually played Danny in three decades, which is kind of unheard of. Um, uh, but Grease 2 came about because of I, I really owe it to Pat Birch. Pat Birch uh, choreographed the original show on Broadway and Pat Birch directed Grease 2, the movie. Uh, and she was given the 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 uh, the task of you know doing a sequel of Greece, a very successful movie, and uh, they wanted they wanted uh, you know because John and Olivia didn't do it. They were they were doing a, a whole different take on on Greece, which was really kind of uh, original what they were trying to do. They kept all the teachers from in the school, but. The old uh, 1959 class had graduated, so now it's 1962, uh, a, a couple of years later, and here is is our graduating class, and it's all a bunch of new uh, greasers, except for Frenchie and for Eddie Eddie Deason. We're really the only two uh, uh, characters left over because they were the youngest of the greasers. Wasn't uh, also wasn't the guy um, the bad guy in the first Grease? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, he was uh, in it too. Yeah. I forgot his I forgot his name. I apologize, yeah. but he was in it too. I don't know if he was a student though, but he was in it. No, uh, he was never a student. He was just part of a gang. Yeah. Uh, okay. Got it. Okay. Cool. And anyway, because of the nature of the way it was, uh, Pat really wanted to have me in the movie because I had just left the original show on Broadway by about a year. So I, I was, I could have brought, I was really basically bringing my Danny Zuko to the screen uh, in the character that I was playing. Uh, but um, uh, they wanted a rock star. Uh, 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 Alan Carr and, and Robert Stigwood really wanted a rock star in that role because uh, Maxwell and Michelle weren't names uh, at that point. So they wanted names in, the, in, in a couple of the other roles. And uh, they, they really, it was really Pat Birch was my champion because she brought me in right after they would audition a rock star. She'd bring me in right after that, and I'd audition again. And I went through about 10 to 12 auditions. Oh, wow. Uh, or callbacks uh, for it. And every single time, uh, Robert and, and Alan said, all right, Smed still has the role. Uh, you know, But it just kept on going down until I finally, finally got it. So I really owe, owe it to her that she was my champion and, and, and you know, giving me that shot. But honestly, it was one of the easiest roles I've ever done on film because I was just putting my – my Broadway performance uh, on film, and I, I had a blast. Plus, I didn't have the pressure of carrying the picture. Right. Uh, Maxwell and Michelle did because they were touted as as the stars of the picture. So I just had fun uh, the whole time. And Pat let me run amok with so many uh, things. One of the the great stories that I have from Greece too. There was a 
uh, a song called Prowlin. Uh, it's it's when none of us are, are getting anywhere with our girlfriends. Um, uh, and I say, well, you want to know something? The best place to meet a girl is at the grocery store. So we do a whole song about meeting girls at the grocery store after that. And the way we, you know, you, you do it in movie musicals is you record the, the song first before you ever shoot it. Okay, then you lip sync it uh, as you're doing it. And we were in maybe month three or four of the, of, of the shooting schedule. We were way behind schedule. And we had just recorded it. And it, we, we only had maybe two weeks left of shooting time to, to finish the movie. And they weren't going to film that song. They were going to only use it as part of a, a song at the talent show. But when they heard the recording, they said, wow, this is one of the best songs in, in the show right now. We've got to record this. So literally, Pat came up with an idea. Pat Birch, the director, came up with an idea on how to, how to shoot this one entire song in a 24-hour period, which is unheard of in film. It's really unheard of. Uh, because of camera angles and and and, and locations and uh, and stuff, so we started. We had a night shoot at a gas station, uh, and we started the song at the gas station, and then we finished it in this high school auditorium as if we were rehearsing it for the uh, talent show. Oh. Mm -hmm. And uh, she and the the editors and and the director of photography spent that night figuring out how to shoot it and where to shoot it and everything. And I and the guys kind of like choreographed the sh that that number uh, uh, on what was comfortable for us to do. So that was one of the really cool, ex it was almost like doing theater on, on film because we did it in a 24 hour period and, and it was, we almost had to like do it in one take, so many of the shots. So it was almost like doing it live. That's it's cool. a movie. It's a movie that still holds up. I mean, I watch it a few times. It's got a lot of good songs in it, and good dancing and good choreography, and it's campy. And also, it's from my day. So and when I you ride up it. on the motorcycle, you look great, right? <laughs> they, you know, it's funny. I I had never been on a motorcycle before that movie, and uh, <laughs> I I had gotten you know so crazy about being on that motorcycle. I used to like steal the motorcycle at lunchtime <laughs> and do crazy things with it. I literally flew off the handlebars about seven or eight times. They finally oh, started uh, locking up the bikes so that I wouldn't uh, uh, somehow. <laughs> so he wouldn't up. take off with it. Well, because if he hurt, if he hurt himself, there you go. How are yeah, they going to continue true. without him? It happened you know, on Hooker. Many times we did our own stunts, and I, I, there was a two-week period where I couldn't walk. Uh, so I, they stuck me behind the desk uh, at times. And there's a reason yeah. why you have a stunt man or a stunt woman. For you're, you're putting a lot of people out of work. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I and am you're holding up a film. Yeah, I am fortunate that, to, to have been in a cult classic. I mean, right now, today, Grease 2 kind of, it outsells and outrents uh, Grease 1. And I think it's because it's a little more kid, it's a lot more kid friendly, to be perfectly honest. You know, the movie's not about a girl getting pregnant and, uh, you know, knocked up and, uh, and and a girl changing and turning into a slut, as the first one was. <laughs> yes. So, I love it. I, I don't remember that in the first one. What are you talking about? That's the one, the whole first well, one was all about that. Who got knocked up? Uh, Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo gets knocked up. Oh, Rizzo. Well, Rizzo was a slut anyway. <laughs> no, I mean... She, she was she was the whore of the whole. That's his whole point. That was his point. <laughs> no, but, 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 but I, no, I, I meant it. she wasn't the central figure. She was just one of the characters. No, yeah. It yes. was it was what's his name? Uh, John Travolta. Travolta and, and the, uh, they yeah. were the star. But, and that and that one that wonderful song at the end, I loved it. 
when yeah, she's but, in yeah. the black leather. What's that song? Right, but think about it. Da, 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 da. Today's standards. She is a girl who is a, a, a good girl, you know, a nice girl and everything. And then she kind of like turns somewhat and very slutty at the very end to, yeah. to please her man. No, that you're right. Like today. <laughs> That's funny, though, because my favorite song like is Rizzo's that there are worse things I could do from the first. Right, reason. Yeah. That's my fa actually favorite song of the whole thing. What is the song yeah. that they sing that coming alive, singing? Oh, uh, no, Greece. Oh, uh, what is it? we go to. Fever. <laughs> I love that song. We go together. I know there's a whole bunch yeah, of. That, I know all the songs one. from the first Greece. Yeah, I don't. I, I, you know, I love those movies. I think they're classic. We watch You're them right. all the time, You're especially right. now that we'll probably watch Greece too. Now that we've had you on the show, since we haven't seen it like lately, because since we know so many people in it, um, it'll be a lot of fun. So then, how long was it from when you went to Greece to uh, to TJ Hooker? Actually, the story with that is is that I we I shot the the pilot of uh, of Hooker in uh, January, uh, and uh, we we found out that they, we were picked up, but not as a regular as the as a uh, fall show. We were picked up as a as a fall replacement for shows that might uh, yeah. fail. But so I was on contract to. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the show for uh, and I couldn't do another TV show, so my agent started looking, you know, for a movie, and it just happened to be that uh, Greece was shooting uh, in that year, uh, and we I think the shooting started somewhere in February, uh, February March, uh, and all, and uh, it 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 literally fit in perfectly because uh, Greece had not even excuse me uh, Hooker had not even aired. Uh, at that point, so I shot. I shot. We shot Greece, and then in the fall, uh, we shot uh, eight more episodes of uh, of uh, uh, T.J. Hooker when we were picked up. And uh, that following year, uh, Greece Two was released while Hooker was on the air in the first year. Yeah, that just uh, that, that had to be a wild ride for you because then you're yeah, like on the most popular movie and the most popular TV show. Well, also <laughs> yeah. made his, also made his salary go up. Let's yeah, not, let's well, not yeah. forget that. That's the most important part. So how was so as a, uh, I wasn't out yet, like when T.J. Hooker came out, but I always my whole life have had a crush on on uh, William Shatner. But then uh, in my in my straight persona, Heather Locklear was like my ideal like woman. So it was like my favorite show because the, uh -huh. the the not out gay, the not out me yet loved Heather Locklear and the gay me loved <laughs> William Shatner. So how was that uh, working with William Shatner and Heather Locklear? Because they're still very iconic. Oh, I, I love them both dearly. Um, you know, uh, look, I was one of the luckiest guys in Hollywood to to be, suddenly be opposite William Shatner and an iconic, uh, you know, legend even at that point. Uh, you know, the funny thing about Hooker was the pilot was about 12 rookie cops, and it was a two-hour pilot. Uh, it was a TV movie uh, that was a backdoor pilot. And Bill was the sergeant at, at the academy, uh, teaching and, and mentoring these 12 cops. But from the pilot to when it was picked up, literally 11 guys were not brought back. And I was put in the squad car with him. And the whole concept of it kind of changed a lot. It's like I graduated and was put into a car with Bill. Uh, it's how that all worked. So uh, honestly, it was... I wasn't just one of of twelve guys at that point anymore. Like we, I was in the uh, the two hour movie ver version of it. I was starring with him in the show, and I was in a squad car thirteen hours a day with the man, and he was he was my mentor. I mean, I I just uh, I had not had a lot of experience in front of a camera, 
And acting from a camera and, and on stage is completely different in, in terms of the energy uh, that you give. And just honestly, just watching him in a close-up, it 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 helped me um, move on, you know, to to make adjustments with my own performances at times. I Plus, Bill's a Bill's a funny guy. He he he's a real. He has a great sense of humor and. And we kept each other alive by joking with each other constantly, you know, on that show for five oh, I years. Love I love I'd, it. I'd like to explain. And Heather came along and got who wouldn't love working with Heather. She's one of no, the she's most fabulous in the world. So I'm really well, big. I, I want to explain something to our audience. The difference from stage to theater to movie is on stage, you're bigger than life. In film, you're smaller than life. That's the difference. When you act right. from a, for a camera, you underplay it. But when right. you're on the stage, you have to be big. So it's yeah. difficult for a stage person to come into film because they're so used to being big that sometimes they look like Norma Desmond, you know? Right. I teach uh, uh, master classes at, uh, at uh, Stella Adler uh, occasionally. And right. it's a class, class called Theater to Film. Because when I graduated from acting school, which was Goodman <clears throat> School of Drama in Chicago, uh, I didn't have any experience in front of a camera. So I, when they asked me to, to teach there, I said, let me think about it. And what I didn't have was that experience in front of the camera. And I had to learn on camera and go to watch the rushes and the dailies. Uh, for the people out there who don't know what rushes and dailies are, it's, it's the stuff that you shot the day before. And at right. lunchtime, you usually watch what you, what you did. But uh, um, this theater to film, the, the biggest thing that I say to the, to the students is, um, on stage, you are lifelike. Mm -hmm. uh, on film, you have to be life. Uh, exactly. And there's a huge difference in the in the energy of 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 doing that. Uh, and you do need your whole body on stage to convey that that to the last seat, you know, the last row uh, in a theater. Whereas in film, it's all right there. It's all right as a close up in the face and. The eyes are the windows of the soul. And if you're not really. What do I always say? Yep. If you are not in the moment and honest to the material and really feeling what you are doing on camera, you're boring. It's a boring performance and people will go to sleep. And, and, and the ca the ca you cannot fool the camera. Don't ever try. Right. It's the best lie detector in the world. Oh yeah, you can't fool it. it. The camera picks up the most minute thing. Where I mean, I did uh, stand-up comedy in nightclubs for how many? Forty-six years. Yeah. yeah, forty-six years. So I was so used to live audiences, you know, hitting the button for the laugh and waiting, you know, pausing, let them laugh long enough, come back. That when you're doing a movie, it's not that way at all. You have no control over the camera. The camera controls you, or you, if you're lucky, a director. Right. Today, the directors stink anyway. I, mean, <laughs> I had maybe one or two good directors in a few movies. How about you? You have any good director? You know, I was directed by Sidney Lomet, Lomet. Lomet when I was 19. Ah, cool. Cool. You know, and from there now, is it down, it's downhill? Who's yeah, your best director? Who was your best director? Oh, my God. I, that, honestly, it, it, look, they're, they're far in between because most, if in, in terms of television, not necessarily film, but in terms of television, most directors are ex-cameramen ex, ex -cameramen 
uh, who <laughs> you graduate to, to and re they really don't know a lot about acting. They're just they're they're hired to set up shots and efficiently get through a day without going overtime and paying the crew extra money. So the the performance is really left up to the actor. Whereas in film, it's 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 a lot more organic and and you take more time and you rehearse more uh, 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 and all. But um, I, I, you know, look, I'll just I'm I'm gonna go back to Pat Birch. She was one of the best directors I've ever had uh, on film uh, because she trusted the actors and she let the actors explore and that's uh, that's, and, that's a good director and do things uh uh and stuff another terrific uh, uh director that i had was actually the first horror picture uh, first movie that I ever did with uh, daryl hannah and rachel ward uh was called the final terror and uh, andy davis uh was the director he went on to direct the fugitive uh the movie Good direction uh, uh, and all, and he was a, a, a quite a, a, ter a terrific director too. But I, I've had I had the great pleasure of being directed by in, in television by some really really fine directors who were actors directors. Uh, for example, uh, the first the first uh, TV show that I ever did was uh, called Flatbush, and it was a uh, one of those uh, hybrids of uh, of Lords Saturday. of Flatbush, right? Right. It was like a hybrid from the Lords of Flatbush. No, no, it was actually more more like Saturday Night Fever. It was oh, uh, okay. It was one of those. You know, there were like ten shows that that came out after Saturday Night Fever hit the airwaves. Uh, and Ita uh, Italian Mafia Brooklyn put down. Right. Right. <laughs> But uh, it was at that time that, uh, and, and it was a Lorimar production, who was, of mm -hmm. course, Dallas and and, uh, yes. and and had a lot of, you know, nighttime soap operas that were famous. But they were dabbling into something that was a little bit more comic with, with that show. And I had some really outstanding directors on that show that helped me tremendously. One of them was Bill Asher, who directed almost all of the I Love Lucy's and Bewitched. Oh, and Did, Bewitched. Didn't he do Bewitched with Elizabeth Montgomery? Yes, yes, and he married yeah. uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. He married her. That's right. Yeah, and became a very, very uh, clo close friend. And every time I'd come through, he lived in Palm Springs. He, right. Every time we'd right. come through a national tour, Bill would come and see the, the my shows, uh, and all. We stayed very close friends until he he, he passed away, and right. all. And he was really remarkable in in mentoring and telling me the stories of 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 how things were created uh, and all. And then I, another terrific director that I had that helped me, and he told me something that I'll, I'll tell you in a second, that really helped me in my frustration with television. Uh, his name was Tony Mordente. Uh, he was married to Cheetah Rivera, and he was the Oh, original. I love Cheetah. Yeah, he was the original action in the movie uh, West Side Story. Um, uh, and uh, he he went on to do a lot of of of, uh, of attempt uh, TV drama and action shows uh, on it. And uh, it, it, going back to Lorimar, they were trying to dabble into something that was a little more light and comic with this show that we were doing, Flatbush. And each day we would get new rewrites of the show, and it was handed to us, and it was a completely different show almost every single day, and we were frustrated. We didn't know what to do. Tony Wardente took me aside, and he said, let me tell you something about the, about uh, television, Adrian. One day, the network, all the network executives, went into a, a meeting room to, 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 to design a picture of a horse. 13 hours later, they came out with a picture of a camel. Everybody knows what a horse looks like, 
but they had to compromise because everybody had their ideas of what it should look like. And <laughs> it does not look like a horse. It looks like something else completely different. And it kind of made sense to me then after a while why everything changes in television constantly because there's so many cooks that 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 put their two cents into, into the whole world. Absolutely. Alfred Hitchcock, who everybody will say agree is a wonderful director never directed uh i i'm good friends with tippy tippy hedron and no. tippy and i discussed it and alfred hitchcock would say listen i pay you you're an actor so act you got your lines go do it and he let the actors do their own interpretation and one scene was where in the birds where tippy was supposed to go into the room where his mother i forgot her name the wonderful actress the old lady what the hell was her name anyway Tippy was supposed to go into that room and give her tea. And Tippy went in and played it really bitchy. And that's the only time that Hitchcock ever said something. And the actress that she was playing it to, the wonderful old lady, said, the audience will like you better, Tippy, if you're sweet. Being bitchy to me now is not going to work. And that was the only time Tippy said she was ever directed, was yeah. when, they, when they said, play it sweet, don't play it bitchy. Yeah. One of the, the things that I learned uh, early on was no matter what character you're playing, there has to be a touch of vulnerability to the character for people to like you, even if you're you're uh, a tough guy. You know, like, for example, my, my Johnny Nagarelli in Greece, too, was supposed to be the tough guy leader of the gang, but he was very vulnerable. Uh, and I discovered that early on, that that was a much more likable quality when people, well, first of all, I knew what, what the magic of Greece was, that they were kids in high school who were trying to be tough, but they're not. They're high school kids. They're, they're, they're learning life is what they're doing. And that's what made the stage version so popular. Uh, because that's the, 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 in fact, I think Grease 2 actually cap captured more of the essence of the stage version than, than the first one, because the first one became a vehicle for John and Olivia and was more about them, whereas Grease 2 was really more about the two gangs of the Pink Ladies and, 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 and the, uh, the, the T-Birds right. uh, and all. And every one of the characters were quite vulnerable uh, uh, in, in making mistakes constantly, you know, uh, in the show. Even my character was supposed to be the guy who was in control all the time. No, but being vulnerable, I agree. When I play, I always play a very tough, mean, Brooklyn wise guy, killer, murderer, gangster. I don't play it hard because if I play it hard, people will just like me. I play it stupid. And when you play it, no, really, when you, like, in other yeah. words, if I, let me just speak to you. Get over here, ready. What do you think you're doing over there? You're going to do something for me? No, you're not doing anything for me. Hey, give me a break already. People like that because they think you're stupid, un uneducated, and they feel sorry for you. And that makes the character warm and nice. If I did it in a way where I was arrogant and nasty, the audience would say, oh, fuck him. You know, so you have to play it, Vaughn. I guess I agree with you. So hang yeah. on, we, we've got, because we've only got like four minutes left. And so I want to ask, uh, this is a question I like to ask all the actors. And for you, I'm going to change it a little bit, but like, uh, so it'll be a three-part question. Number one, if you could have ever been in any movie that you've ever, that's ever been made, what movie would you like to be in? Part two, male and female actors on a bucket list, like who you would kind of like, like to work with that you haven't had an opportunity. And then the twist to the, the twist to the whole thing will be, um, shut up. We Carl. have a little seven pound horror. Uh, 
Astro. Somebody just rang the doorbell. The, the, the other part will be, if you could have been in Astro. any Broadway musical, what would you have liked to have been in? Wow. <laughs> what kind of dog? What kind of dog was it? <laughs> he's, he's a poodle terrier mix. Seven pounds. A little seven pound guy with a big mouth. He's a tough guy. He protects us. Well, Lee, I don't know where I start. If there's any uh, uh, role that I would have liked in a film. Yeah. Uh, what would you, who would you have liked to have played in any movie ever? In history. Uh, in the history of movies. It's, it's, not, it's not more that I wanted to play a particular character. What I always really wanted to do, I wanted to do more. For, look, for fortunately, I was in a cop show where I did a lot of physical action stuff. But I always wanted to do a period piece uh, 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 like and and actually you know like do more more action I, I wanted to do more action period pieces uh, uh, I had done a lot of Shakespeare for example when I was studying acting and I never had an opportunity on on camera to 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 do uh, you know that kind of uh, of acting, and I, I I I had always, for example, like the Three Musketeers or something like that. Right, you know, and I would also have done it to do some sword fighting and some action stuff. Because Errol was, Flynn, Errol Flynn stuff. Right, right. So I I would have loved to have done Zorro. You know what I mean? The the original, right. you know, right. role of Zorro uh, on camera. And when you say a Broadway show, wow, probably every show that I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> the show I would have loved to have been in only because I loved it so much was Mame with Angela Lansbury. Uh -huh. That's my favorite musical. And I would have just loved to have been a piece of furniture sitting on stage with her. I wouldn't have had to have a line. I had the great honor of doing a murder she wrote with, with her. What a class act lady. I love her. I, I, I've met her a few times and I love and adore her. She's a, a classy lady. She's got style and, and beauty at her age still. She's 90-something, and she's still a beautiful woman. Yeah. Now, your, one of your other questions was, is there somebody that I would have loved to have worked with? I, honestly, I, because of my theater background and everything, I would have loved to have even been a, an extra or a, or a small role in theater with the show that starred Laurence Olivier. I oh, would have there loved you go. That's terrific. Seen, I would have loved to have experienced his work process yeah. uh, uh, in, in both in on stage and on camera because it was he, he was different he approached it differently uh, I, I like read, love that so many books about him uh, and everything so those are, I guess to answer those three questions those are he, was, so, he was all style and class and yeah, he, he liked to put on fake noses so he would change his persona he didn't yeah. care about his looks he didn't want to be pretty he wanted to be an actor, and it shows yeah. in his work. So, everybody, this is Adrian Zemed. He is on Instagram, even though he doesn't post that often. It's uh, at Adrian Zemed. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it's usually my wife that's posting on Instagram. There you go. Uh, <laughs> check out all his stuff. We want to thank you for coming on the show. We got like 30 seconds left. So, we want to thank you for coming on the show. You're a true talent. Congratulations. Um, and all your past successes and future successes coming up. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We think you're great. And we and, and the chat room and, and everybody will, loved it. And we will see you on the silver screen. Absolutely. The quick plug that I do want to make. I have, yes. before the pandemic hit, I was on tour with a beautiful little show called Middletown. 
uh, and uh, it, the, the pandemic slow, slowed it down and they're going to start uh, booking it again in 2023. So look for a beautiful little play called Middletown coming to you somewhere at a, in a town in America in 2023. We'll bring you back on and we'll promote when it. When it happens, we'll do it. There you go. Okay. Perfect. Meanwhile, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, babe. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed both of our guests. They were fabulous. We want to thank everybody. Thank Juan, our engineer. And you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell.